So don't get intimidated by the volume of, of Makaris. As I've said to you, I, I do it because this material is so foundational that I hope at some point you're going to want to go back into it and look at it and research it. Uh, and it's important to have the material available so that you don't have to search for it. And, and here we're touching on something... Uh, Again, each of these Mahmonim are just so, are so foundational. Each time I say this is foundational, but this is really foundational. Uh, it starts with the with the Gemara that the shiurim, how how much you need to eat or whatever the the measure is, exactly what the measure is, to be higher for Onesh, to be uh, guilty of of punishment according to the Torah, that. Um, we're told Others say, says the Gemara that it was the Beisdin of Yaivitz who established exactly what these Shiurim are. How could Yaivitz, whoever Yaivitz is, we'll see in a moment, come and start a whole new and give us new Shiurim, new principles in the Torah? The, the, they were given to us by Moshe at Sinai, and we forgot them. And Yaivitz was able to re-engineer, to, he was able to, to work it all out again. Who's Yaivitz? Says Rashi, that's Otniel ben Knaz. Otniel ben Knaz is, is key in the Messiah of Torah because he's the third in line. Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai, Masarua Le Yoshua, Yoshua is number two. The Yoshua is Kenim, the Kenim of the Shoftim. And Odniel ben Knaz is the first of the Shoftim. So he's the third from Moshe. Moshe gives the Torah to Yeshua, Yeshua to Odniel. Uh, and Odniel was able to recreate the halochas around the shiurim, the measures for punishment. Why did they get forgotten? So we'll see that in the Gemara in, in Tumura. Uh, uh, let, let's skip to the, the Gemara in Tumura down below. When Moshe Rabbeinu passed away and went to Gan Eden, he said to Yeshua, Ask me any doubt that you have. He said, Have I ever left you for a moment? Where it, says that, it says in the Torah, I never left you. In other words, I have, I have no questions. Why would I have questions? I've, any question I've wanted to ask, I've had a lifetime to ask. From that either because of a, a moment of complacency, of, of almost of arrogance. <coughs> I think Rashi says there, <coughs> because Moshe got, got weakened by the thought that Yeshua knew as much as he himself knew. Uh, whatever the case is, the result of that was that he forgot 300 halachas. And he, and he had another 700 doubts. In that moment, he forgot 300 halachot and he... Um, and he had a doubt about 700 things after saying a moment ago, oh, if I don't have any doubts, I know it all. <coughs> and the whole of Israel was about to kill you, uh, Otni, and it wasn't a good time. And Mishnah says also, we learned in Abraisa, there were 1,700 different halachas and understandings and insights and deductions that were forgotten while they were mourning for Moshe. Otniel ben Knaz, through his pilpul, was able to work it all out again. 
שנאמר, ויילכדה עוד נר בן כנז אחי כלב, וייתן לו את אחסה ביתו לאישה. Uh, it says Otniel conquered it. What is it? We'll see. That was was the, this challenge, and and um, Kalev gave him his sister as a wife, who was Achsa. She was so beautiful that any man who saw Achsa was angry with his own wife. She wasn't good enough. That's why she was called Achsa. Um, and and the Gemara goes on. It's a, a beautiful Gemara. Uh, that, that talks about uh, this whole thing, how we work it out. It comes from the Psukim, we go up to the Psukim and Shoftim, where we learn that um, they, they conquered Hebron, from there they went to the inhabitants of Dvir, and Dvir used to be called Kiryat Sefer. Notice the, the, the wording, Dvir is from the word Davar, Davar Torah, from words, intellect. And, and Kiryat Sefer, the place of the book, and, and Kalev says, anybody who can conquer Kiryat Sefer, I'll give him Achsa, my daughter, as an Isha, as a wife, says Kalev. And Otniel, Kalev's younger brother, conquers, and he gave him Achsa as a wife. She comes to her father and she pleads, she gets off the donkey and she pleads. Um, Kalev says, what do you want? She says, Give me brocha, you've, you've given us the Negev, you've given us territory in the Negev. Uh, give me a place where there's some water. And Kalev gave her a place with higher water and lower water. Those are the psukim. The Gemara learns from that, this, this whole amazing thing, that what Ma'ivat Yitznach, in the third paragraph from the Gemara, in Tzmura down below, just as a donkey... Nays when he doesn't have anything to eat. So a woman as well, if she's got nothing to eat in the house, she cries, and I'm crying. You've given me the Negev. A house that has nothing good in it. You've given me a Talmud Chochem for a husband. That's very nice, but what are you supposed to eat? The man can learn, but he can't earn a living. What am I supposed to do, she says. This is an old problem. Um, and then she says, You're married to a man who can access the higher and the lower areas of wisdom, and you're coming to us for panosa. This doesn't make any sense. And then the whole thing with Otniel, beautiful, beautiful Gemara in, in Tamura, explaining the background to this comment that Otniel was able to retrieve all this lost information. The Malbim goes on, on the next page, the Malbim on, on Shoftim, goes on to explain how Chazal worked it out, because the same parish of Tanakh virtually is repeated in Yeshua and Shoftim. So the Malbim works out that there's a parallel message going on. There's the physical thing, it's all correct, it's true. Uh, they had dry land in the Negev, and there was nothing to eat, and he was a Talmud Chochem, that, uh, and so on. And she, All of that part is true, but then why does it repeat it a second time? There it's about the fact that Sham then Kiryat Sefer, there was a great yeshiva in Kiryat Sefer. That's why it was called Kiryat Sefer. This is a different picture of what's happening. We think of Otniel as the army general. And he was an army general, but he was also a Rosh Yeshiva. 
Because when we talk about military victory, that means, that means challenging and mastering Torah, through the battle of Torah. And so he goes on, just, just beautiful. I wish we had an hour for this. Um, the, the Gemara says in, in Tainis, there were three people, made a deal with HaKadosh Baruch and it wasn't really right. It was a, a highly risky deal. Eliezer, who said the first woman who comes out and she says, I'll feed your camels, will be a, son for, a wife for Yitzchak. Shaul ben Kish, anybody who kills Goliath can marry my daughter. The first thing that comes out of my house I'll bring is a korban. All high risk. Two got away with it, one didn't get away with it. Says Rashi um, that in the Medrash it also includes this Kiryat Sefer story. What, what, that was also not so, that, the same kind of thing where, um, where Kalev says, whoever can conquer Kiryat Sefer will get my daughter. Rabbi but says Rashi in Tainis that Rabbi Yochanan in Tumura doesn't uh, that Rabbi Yochanan in Tainis doesn't include the case of Kalev. Why? Because there, what we, we've learned, what is it when I, when when Kalev says, "Whoever can conquer Kiryat Sefer can have my daughter," he's not talking just about the physical conquest. He's saying, "Whoever can re- retrieve the lost knowledge that we lost when Moshe died, he can marry my daughter." Oh, that already makes sense. That's not a bad thing. That's a great Talmud Chochum. But then Rashi says an amazing thing. You don't have to worry that Ruach HaKodesh can land up with an, an Eved or a Mamzer. Clearly, if he has Ruach HaKodesh, he'll be, uh, he'll be an Odom Godel. He'll be a great person. What is Rashi talking about Ruach HaKodesh? It says in the Gemara that he did it by Pilpulo. That it was through his Pilpul that he was able to retrieve all this Halacha. It doesn't say because he's Ruach HaKodesh. Where does Rashi come on to Ruach HaKodesh? So on, on that, there's, a, there's a, an amazing tshuva of the Chassam Sofer, the last tshuva in Arachayim, which I've quoted once before, and again, it would be worth spending two hours just learning the tshuva of, of the Chassam Sofer, because it's, just, it's so foundational. In the first paragraph, not directly associated with what we're doing today, but I brought it in because it's so important, how when you're arguing in halacha, because this is about milchamta shel when we say follow the majority, it's only after there's been full debate. You don't listen to a majority when the, when the matter hasn't been debated. And the intention of the debate is not to be right. The intention of the debate is to get to truth. If you've put your egos aside and you've really argued with one another to get to truth, not to get to I'm right or you're right, after such argument, then then you can go like a majority. Can't just add people up and say six people say this and three people say that. So Rabim If they haven't argued with one another, then it, it doesn't work. It ties in a little bit, Simon. I keep on referring back to our, to our learning because it's just so important. Not just the number of poskim say A and the number of poskim say B. Did they engage? Are they relating to each other? Are they dealing with it? Are they arguing about the same issues? If they are, and out of that you, you have a row, then that's different from just adding up the numbers. And then he goes on to talk about Otniel ben Knaz Shechzir bepilpulo, who was a, who used his, his pilpul, uh, and he says he refers to the rivet who once said, he brings the source, Kfar hofia ruach hakodesh bevet midrashenu chiyutze bezekam apaim. 
there are many times as the Ravid that there's been Ruach HaKodesh in our base of Medrash. And he goes on to explain what that means. What this is talking about is the Ruach HaKodesh. I'm going to have to go a few, just a few minutes longer. The, um, the Ruach HaKodesh that it's talking about is the Ruach HaKodesh that comes from Oiske Betoyro. It's not a Ruach HaKodesh that just comes from nowhere that you suddenly get divine inspiration. It's when, when a Chochum has put his ego aside and has completely involved himself in Torah, then what comes out of that, then there's Ruach HaKodesh where he's able to say things way beyond reasonable intelligence. You realize he couldn't have just worked this out. This, this is far more than can be worked out. For a moment, the Rebbein Shalom can give a Talmud Chochem wisdom beyond his Chochmah to be able to grasp an insight and bring it into the world. So yes, Otniel worked terribly hard with his Pilpul and Kavachomer and Zereshova. But what he got was But what Rashi means when he says it was with Ruach HaKodesh is because his intelligence and knowledge alone wouldn't have enabled him to be able to reconstruct all that lost terror. That was a gift from the Ribbon Um And it's important here because we understand two different kinds of inspiration that we get. The, um, the one is there's, there's the Rabbi Yitzchak of Meneshchiz, the Neshchiz Rebbe. 250 years ago, tells a story of how uh, the Rambam came to his father in a dream and said, why aren't you learning Rambam? And he said, I don't have time. People are coming. They're asking me shyness from morning till night. I don't have time to learn Rambam. He says, have, at least have the Rambam on your table. In the dream, the Rambam said, if you have the Rambam on the table, then I promise you when people come, especially with medical issues, I will appear to you and give you the answers. Doesn't they learn the Rambam? I will appear to you and give you the answers. That's that's the Hasidish, kind of the Hasidish approach, but not only the Hasidish approach. For example, the, the contrary side of that is Reb Meir Soloveitchik told me about uh, the story with Reb Chaim. I think it's a well-known story. Reb Chaim battled terribly to try and figure something out, and, and he couldn't figure it out. He asked the question in a, in a shir, and a young boy in the shir gave the answer. He said, where does this come to you from? He said, I happen to be learning the sugya back in my village, and the rov of the village asked the question and gave the answer. Reb Chaim put on his coat, got his wagon, and he went off to the village. I've got to see this Rav who could answer this question. I've got to see him. He goes to the Rav. The Rav tells him the answer. He says, how did it come to you? He says, to tell you the truth, I was struggling with it. And at night, and Malach came and he gave me the answer. So the Chaim said, in that case, put on his coat. He said, I couldn't talk. I don't need to speak to you. Said, Malach, that's easy. I thought you worked it out. So, so these are two, the two ways of terror. Both of them are inspiration. But one is a pure gift. And one is a gift that comes through toil. And in, the, in, in, in our world, in the literature world, it's always been the gift that comes through toil, but it's, it's the gift as well. It's not only the toil that, that is important. And the Chassam um, the, uh, Sofer goes on to say, even with a goyim, and he proves it. A non-Jew, um, I've, I've always thought that Mozart was given to the world the fact that at five years old he could write magnificent symphonies, how is that possible? To teach the world the Chochmah doesn't come from them. The Chochmah comes from the Rebbeinishim, they have channels, they have vehicles for it. Um, and there's a, there was an inter- interesting article in The Guardian yesterday, on Sunday that my son sent to me, where a publishing house, W.W. Norton, just cancelled a biography by a guy called Blake Bailey, a biography on Philip Roth. 
And they cancelled him because there were times that he's mistreated women and, and Philip Roth mistreated people and they're bullies and they're this and they're that. And the question is, can you separate the art from the artist? And, and this is an important part of the discussion that the Chassam says, among the going to, Hashem appears to them and gives them wisdom for the world to have. And the wisdom is valid. It doesn't come from who they are. With Torah, it's different. Torah comes from the, the, the godness of the human being, the greatness of the person, and the depth of the Torah that he's analyzed and tried to understand, but it's not the natural um, uh, reasoning that, that comes to that solution, says, that, says the, uh, the Samsofer. After all that pilpul, Adnir ben Knaz gets a gift from the Rebbeinu to take him much further than his own mind could take him. And that's part of the way a Talmud Chochem learns. When a Talmud Chochem is completely shakua b'Torah, there's nothing in his world but Torah. There's no ego, there's no other self-interest. He's just shakua b'Torah. When he says something, it, it's, it comes from a higher place than his own reasoning. And finally, I've, I'll tell you, I was once talking about a, a particular godel to Rebmeir Soloveitchik, who was saying, this godel was saying things that were very incendiary and they were really upsetting me, and I spoke to Rebmeir, and he said, the problem is this particular godel didn't have shimush in Hanhoge. He was never trained to be a manhik. He's an unbelievable Talmud Chochem, immersed in Torah, but he was never, he doesn't have training. He doesn't have shimush in being a manhik. So he says things that a manhik shouldn't say. And I asked the same question to, to my cousin, Rebbeim Shmuel Lopian, Rebellion Lopian's son, Zechat Sadik Livrocha, about the same person. And he just answered me with one sentence. He said, Shechino medaberet mitoch grono. When he speaks, it's the Shechino speaking. So you've got two different approaches, and I realized years later they're not different approaches. Reb Meir is saying it doesn't come, in terms of his knowledge, of his rational knowledge, he doesn't have a background in Anhoga, so that's not what he has. But what Reb Shmuel was saying, sometimes a person says something that doesn't come from his experience or his knowledge, it comes directly from the Rebbeinu Shalala. When a person is so shakua b'toyro, and he says something intuitively, that source in his lave is from the source of Torah, and in those cases we say, God will talk in that way. Sometimes what he's saying is, is a kind of a Ruach HaKodesh. It's beyond uh, natural logic. So he didn't get into the Gemara because it was a Chochmah?